Francesca Rudkin is here with three excellent sounding films from the New Zealand International Film Festival, which of course those of us in Auckland, Francesca, aren't able to attend. I know. I know, but it's just opened in Christchurch and I really want everyone to get behind it because it's just been such a fraught period for the festival trying to get this up and running. We're we're in a race against Delta. Exactly, exactly. Enjoy cinema while you can. Too right. If you are in one of the parts of Aotearoa that is lucky enough to um, have cinemas up and going when the film festival comes to your town, make sure you get along. Let's start up with a listen to Night Raiders. The Academy want to start the war again and now force our kids onto the front lines of it. I want to find her again on the other side. As long as we have one piece of land, they will always come for us. Is it too late? No, but we have to go now. Okay, tell us about this. Okay, so this is a New Zealand-Canadian collaboration. It's a really clever flick. It's not kind of just one thing. It's part sci-fi, part action, part drama. It's very intense. The tension sort of grows throughout this film, but it's also very poetic. It's got an incredible tone to it. The film is set in a post-war apocalyptic setting. It's quite recognisable. It's about 25 years in the future, and I think that that makes it quite relatable for us. Canada is under military rule from an occupier known only as the Southern State. All children have been taken off parents and they've been put in this academy where they're being re-educated to become sort of obedient servants. Um, In other words, killing machines. And there's this one cream mother who's managed to, she um, disappeared into the forest with her daughter and has managed to keep her safe. But they end up having to go to the city and the daughter is taken. And it's her journey to get her daughter back. And she comes um, into contact with this indigenous group of people who are rescuing children and just trying to hold on to their land and hold on to their culture. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, it's got a Kiwi touch. You heard Alex Tarrant, the New Zealand actor, in there as well. But this is this is a neat little flick. It's a debut feature um, and really impressive. Okay, cool. I like the sound of that. It um, sounds like a must watch. That's Night Raiders. This is The Return, Life After Isis. He was a very vibrant personality, not what you would ever have expected for the persona of, of a terrorist. And I got married from a distance online. He said, come where you're actually loved, where you're actually needed, because he knew that I felt like I was really not needed at the time at all. Well, this is completely different. It's a documentary. Yes, it is. This is a documentary, The Return Life After ISIS, by a Spanish filmmaker called Alba Satora. And there's a lot of buzz around this film when it comes to awards and things. Um, Alba Satora has already shot in sort of northern Syria. She did a documentary in Kobani in about 2018, looking at the children going back into their destroyed city. And so she's headed again to sort of northern Syria to an internment camp where... She is looking, talking to ISIS brides, but she is focusing just on the Western brides um, right. within this within this camp, and she puts in considerable time there, which was very difficult because a lot of her most of her crew are Kurdish, right? Um, a lot of Kurdish women um, who, of course, lost friends and family members and things. You know that. To the you know the caliphate killed many of their friends and family, so it's a very it was a very tricky shoot. They follow these Western women as they're going through sort of a creative writing therapy process, where they open up, they're taking stock of their actions. A lot of them have PTSD. They're getting to grips with what they've been through, but also what they've done. Uh, and I suppose if you've you know 
the question we all have is why would a young girl decide to travel to a war in Syria and become an ISIS bride? Mm. And this film goes some way to explaining that. And it explains why they went and, in, in their own words, these different women from European countries in the States, why they went, what they expected. You see some of the propaganda videos that they were showing. But then you learn what it was really like and the shock of what they went to and how they were treated. And I, I suppose it does give you some sense of understanding as to why they left their homes to join a terrorist organization. But what's really interesting is that they take responsibility and there is atonement here, but they're not claiming to be victims. They, uh, And I think the other thing the film tries to say is because none of their, their countries will take these young women back. Um, and there's two that people will recognise, Shamina Begum from the UK and Hoda Muthani from the US, and they've been very much in the media and they speak, they're, they're at the centre of this film. And I think the reason is because, of course, we're like, well, they don't deserve to come home and they're a threat. But when you watch this film, you realise they're not a threat. They can be rehabilitated. And these are just these are just broken humans. They are completely and utterly broken humans. So it just puts a whole other spin on that fear that you might have, you know, that we might all sort of anticipate or the yeah. lack of sympathy that we might have for their actions. It just gives you a little bit of a different perspective on things. That it's sounds interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. I love yeah, I really love films that really force you to when you go in with a kind of set position and they force you just to yep. reconsider your own thinking around things. That sounds fantastic. That's the return life after ISIS. And tell us about Sisters with Transistors. Oh, look, very quickly, if you're into music, you might enjoy this film. It is a tribute to the women that broke barriers in music and technology and society as a whole. It's sort of this untold story of electronic music's female pioneers. And to be honest with you, I learned so much. I had no idea that from the early mm. 20th, 20th century, there were women who were creating music and soundtracks and scores for TV shows, for the BBC and films and, and radio plays. And these women really embraced technology and they were drawn to electronic music um, because, you know, being a female male composer was pretty controversial but here they could kind of remove themselves from that male dominated establishment and they really did lead the way so it's kind of the story the, the evolution of electronic music but um, from the point of view of the women who were involved it's fascinating nice as someone who loves music like you do what what off the top of your head is the the best or worst comeback you can think of comeback. I've been moaning about Abba this I morning was, and say sometimes you know what just but, just keep the car in the garage guys yeah but can I just ask you really quickly, did you really expect anything different? No, no, not at all. Did? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, were your expectations... I don't think Dave is going to come out and know. redefine music and... No, no, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, a, come, a comeback's hard because when I, I don't tend to think so much of comebacks, but I tend to think of people who've had incre like incredible careers over a long period of time. Yeah. Sort of like the Bruce Springsteen's whose albums have changed and developed. And well, see, that's different. different. I'm so putting that in a different that's category. That's different. Yeah. No, that is absolutely different. So it is quite hard. I'll yeah. have a think and I'll text you later. Okay.